Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. The Bible student who fails to recognize Christ's dual ministry, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile, will never rightly divide the word of truth. So saith Warren Wiersbe. (laughs) Well, when Jesus was born, his coming was announced to the Jewish nation and related to the Old Testament promises. And as you will hear today, Jesus was first a minister to the Jews for the purpose of confirming those Old Testament covenants and promises like the Davidic covenant big deal there in the next couple days of you and I going through the Old Testament and these Jews that were spirit filled capital S knew that Christ had come to deliver them from the Gentiles and and establish the promised kingdom but what happened hey hopeful welcome to for the hope's daily audio bible our journey together where we commit together to reading through every word of God's revelation of himself Monday through Saturday and considering our own life and work stories in light of that. And here's a little bit of that story. Happy Family Friday. And I don't say this very often, but would you mind telling someone else about the program, either with a review on Apple Podcasts or a like on Facebook or just forwarding it to someone? And if you think about it, Would you pray for me as I am in the late stages of considering and being considered for a pastoral role here in the greater Portland area? Thank you so much. So what happened to the Jews? Well, the people of Israel rejected their king on three occasions, right? They allowed Herod to murder the king's messenger, John the Baptist. And number two, they asked for Jesus to be murdered. And number three, they themselves murdered Stephen. Well, today we're going to finish up Romans, and that's chapters 15 and 16, catching up a little bit on our New Testament reading. Here we go. Now we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weakness of those without strength and not to please ourselves. Each one of us is to please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself. On the contrary, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction, so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the Scriptures. Now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another, according to Christ Jesus, so that you may glorify the God of and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one mind and one voiced. Now that kind of transitions us from the previous chapter to a section really about glorifying God together. Here we go. Therefore, welcome one another just as Christ also welcomed you to the glory of God. For I say that Christ became a servant of the circumcised on behalf of God's truth, to confirm the promises to the fathers, and so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles, and I will sing praise to your name. Again it says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, O you Gentiles, let all the peoples praise him. And again Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will appear, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles, 
the Gentiles will hope in him. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. My brothers and sisters, I am convinced myself about you that you are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. Nevertheless, I have written to remind you more boldly on some points because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, serving as a priest of the gospel of God. God's purpose is that the Gentiles may be an acceptable offering, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I have a reason to boast in Christ Jesus regarding what pertains to God. For I would not dare say anything except what Christ has accomplished through me by word and deed for the obedience of the Gentiles, by the power of miraculous signs and wonders, and by the power of God's Spirit. As a result, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ from Jerusalem all the way around to Elycrium. My aim is to preach the gospel where Christ has not been named, so that I will not build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. That is why I have been prevented many times from coming to you, but now I no longer have any work to do in these regions, and I have strongly desired for many years to come to you whenever I travel to Spain. For I hope to see you when I pass through and to be assisted by you for my journey there once I have first enjoyed your company for a while. Right now I am traveling to Jerusalem to serve the saints because Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. Yes, they were pleased and indeed are indebted to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual benefits, then they are obligated to minister to them in material needs. So when I have finished this and safely delivered the funds to them, I will visit you on the way to Spain. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, through our Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in prayers to God on my behalf. Pray that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea, that my ministry to Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, and that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed together with you. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. I commend you to you, our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church in Sancre. So you should welcome her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever manner she may require of your help. For indeed, she has been a benefactor of many and of me also. Give my greetings to Prissa and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life. Not only do I thank them, but so do all the Gentile churches. Greet also the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epinetus, who is the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked very hard for you. Greet Adronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews and fellow prisoners. They are noteworthy in the eyes of the apostles, and they were also in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachus. Greet Apelles who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodion, my fellow Jew. Greet those who belong to the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Trophena and Trophosa, 
who have worked hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother and mine. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters who are with them. Greet Philogolus and Julia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send you greetings. And now I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who create divisions and obstacles contrary to the teaching that you learned. Avoid them because such people do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. They deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting with smooth talk and flattering words. The report of your obedience has reached everyone. Therefore, I rejoice over you, but I want you to be wise about what is good and yet innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet, and the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my co-worker, and Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my fellow countrymen, greet you. I, Tertius, who wrote this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, who is host to me and, and to the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, and our brother Cortus greet you. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation about Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, kept silent for long ages, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic scriptures, according to the command of the eternal God to advance the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles, to the only wise God through Jesus Christ, to him be glory forever. Amen. And that wraps up one of the meatiest books in the entirety of the Bible. <laughs> um, I sure appreciate you. And uh, Did you hear that? We heard Paul emphasize once again the importance of distinguishing between Jew, Gentile, and church. And add to that the fact that, that Paul's last words to the Romans not only did the unthinkable for the Jews, right? They, in that last chapter, elevated nine women in mention but illuminated that great mystery of the church, which Paul was to reveal through his message, right? May we never fail as stewards of his mysteries, which, which means those things once hidden, but now revealed. And you and I have a role in that. My friends, turning to our Old Testament segment, today's a shorty in advance of the Davidic covenant that we get to on Monday, and we play a little catch up in Second Chronicles or First Chronicles tomorrow. Uh, but the Davidic covenant is a big deal given how deeply King David foreshadows King Jesus. And you just heard Paul talk about Christ be, being revealed in the Old Testament scripture, and the story of David is a big deal there. Of course, the drama continues to, like a wife getting pissed off that a king would do something so ignominious as dance. <laughs> but overall, this picks back up the story of the covenant, of the Ark of the Covenant, bringing religious leadership to the place where kingly leadership now is, Second Samuel chapter six, and um, then First Chronicles thirteen to play a little catch up there. David again assembled all the fit young men in Israel, thirty thousand. He and all his troops set out to bring the ark of God to Baal Judah. The ark bears the name capital N. The ark bears the name the name of the Lord of armies who is enthroned between the cherubim. They set the ark of God on a new cart and transported it from Abinadab's house 
which was on the hill, Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the cart and brought it with the ark of God from Abinadab's house on the hill. Ahio walked in front of the ark. David and the whole house of Israel were dancing before the Lord with all kinds of fir wood instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, sistrums, and cymbals. When they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah reached out to the ark of God and took hold of it because the oxen had stumbled. And when the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah, God struck him dead on the spot for his irreverence, and he died there next to the ark of God. David was, catch this, David was angry because of the Lord's outburst against Uzzah. So he named that place Outburst Against Uzzah, as it is today. David feared the Lord that that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? So he was not willing to bring the ark of the Lord to the city of David. Instead, he diverted it to the house of Obed-Edom in Gath. The ark of the Lord remained in his house for three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his whole family. It was reported to King David, The Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's family and all that belongs to him because of the ark of the Lord. So David went and had the ark of God brought up from Obed-Edom's house to the city of David with rejoicing. And when those carrying the ark of the Lord advanced six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fatted calf. David was mm, dancing with all his might before the Lord wearing the linen ephod. He and the whole house of Israel were bringing the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of the ram's horn. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Saul's daughter Michal looked down from a window and saw King David leaping and mm, dancing before the Lord as she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent where David had pitched for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings in the Lord's presence. When David had finished offering the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of armies. And then he distributed a loaf of bread, a date cake, and a raisin cake to each one in the entire Israelite community, both men and women. And then all the people went home. When David returned home, to bless his household, Saul's daughter Michal came out to meet him. How the king of Israel honored himself today, she said. He exposed himself today in the sight of the slave girls of his subjects like a vulgar person would expose himself. David replied to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me over your father and his whole family to appoint me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will dance before the Lord and I will dishonor myself and humble myself even more. However, by the slave girls you spoke about, I will be honored. And Saul's daughter, Michal, had no child to the day of her death. And uh, that is Second Samuel 6. Now, sort of parallel in the story, First Chronicles 13. David consulted with all his leaders, the commanders of hundreds and thousands. Then he said to the whole assembly of Israel, If it seems good to you, and if this is from the Lord our God, let's spread out and send the message to the rest of our relatives and to all, in all the districts of Israel, including the priests and Levites in their cities with pasture lands, that they should gather together with us. Then let's bring them back, bring back the ark of our God, for 
We did not inquire of him in Saul's day. Since the proposal seemed right to all the people, the whole assembly agreed to do it. So David assembled all Israel from Shior of Egypt to the entrance of Hamath to bring the ark of God from Kiriath-Jerim. David and all Israel went to Baalah, that is, Kiriath-Jerim that belongs to Judah, to take from there the ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord who is enthroned between the cherubim. At Abinadab's house, they set the ark of God on a new cart. Uzzah and Ahio were guarding the cart. And David and all Israel were dancing with all their might before God with songs and with lyres, harps, tambourines, cymbals, and trumpets. When they came to Chidon's threshing floor, Uzzah reached out to hold the ark of the Lord because the oxen had stumbled. Then the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah, and he struck him dead because he had reached out to the ark. So he died there in the presence of God. David was angry because of the Lord's outburst against Uzzah. So he named that place Outburst Against Uzzah, as it is still named today. David feared God that day and said, How can I ever bring the ark of God to me? So David did not bring the ark of God home to the city of David. Instead, he diverted it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of God remained with Obed-Edom's family in his house for three months, and the Lord blessed his family and all that he had. And that wraps up First Chronicles 13, a little shorty. Now, just so you know, to keep these stories roughly concurrent, tomorrow's going to be just a chunk of Chronicles, and then we get to the Davidic Covenant on Monday. And uh, hope you have a blessed weekend in the middle. We're going to wrap up today with a psalm. Uh, psalm 60 is actually one of those, and I know I say this, but it's one of those I hope you pray with me. Because broadly speaking, it is a prayer in difficult times. And my friends, I know we live in difficult times, and I sadly think we're gonna it's gonna get more difficult. Psalm 60 is for the choir director, according to the Lily of Testimony, a mictum of David for teaching when he fought against Aram Naharaim and Aram Zobah. And Joab returned and struck Edom in Salt, the Salt in Salt Valley, killing twelve twelve thousand. So anyway, here we go. Um, oh, and you know what? I'm going to say this before we get started. Notice that King David wasn't perfect, right? We know that, but we usually think about that as you know murdering uh, Uzziah <laughs> or Uriah, and you know sleeping with Bathsheba, but. Notice that he was angry with the Lord. My friends, I know that some of you wrestle sometimes with, with understanding God's ways, but can I just maybe encourage you, maybe like a relationship with a significant other, even when you're angry, that reconciliation is a good thing and it's okay. God knows your heart. Pray this with me. God, you have rejected us. You have broken us down. You have been angry. Restore us. You have shaken the land and split it open. Heal its fissures, for it shudders. You have made your people suffer hardship. You have given us wine to drink that made us stagger. You have given us a signal flag to those who fear you. 
so that they can flee before the archers. Selah, save with your right hand and answer me, so that those you love may be rescued. God has spoken in his sanctuary, saying, I will celebrate, I will divide up Shechem, I will apportion the valley of Succoth, Gilead is mine, Manasseh is mine, and Ephraim is my helmet, Judah is my scepter, Moab is my washbasin, I throw my sandal on Edom, I shout in triumph over Philistia. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? God, haven't you rejected us? God, you do not march out with our armies. Give us aid against the foe, for human help is worthless. With God, we will perform valiantly. He will trample our foes. Lord, we do look around and just see things getting worse in the world. Lord, I I just read yesterday that Christian persecution is on the rise in a whole bunch of different countries. And I know we here in the States just don't even have any sense of what it's like to, to actually fear having our heads removed. But Lord, we feel it closing in. And Lord, I even sense that a time will happen in my lifetime when just reading your Bible will be labeled as hate speech. Lord, we need you to go before us. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.